Welcome to It's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're gonna to be talking about the Suzanne Morphew case. I'm gonna give you a little bit of updates. I'm gonna do a little deep dive on Barry Morphew, Suzanne's husband. Things are starting to heat up around him. But before I get started, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below and hit that notification bell. Make sure you do it to all so that you can get updated and notified of my next upcoming videos. There's going to be a lot of them. Give it a like if you support this video and please share this out where you can. Now, let's get into it. It's been two weeks since Suzanne's been reported missing. Since my last video, there's been a few updates and some important ones. We know that the Morphew house has been cordoned off. No one is allowed to be at the house and it's been reported that Barry is staying with a friend. And I was listening to a Nancy Grace podcast and reporter Lauren Scharf was saying that the house has been cordoned off right since the beginning and in the news reports it also showed that the FBI was coming out with bags of evidence. A CSI photographer was also seen at that home. Now the search warrant for the home has been sealed and on the podcast they were also talking about you have to let the judge know what you took out of the house and you have to leave that return, it's called a return, with the person who owns the house. So this warrant actually has been sealed. And it says the return would list the items and pieces of evidence or what would be substantial evidence in this case. And they're still not releasing the home as a few days ago. And if you know of any newest information, please let me know. Now, Cheryl McCullum, who is a crime scene expert, was talking and she said, if I have a crime scene that I cordoned off for 11 days, I've found something substantial. I'm going to use luminol. I'm going to recreate what I think I have found. I'm putting strings up. I'm doing day and night photography. I'm listing everything. I'm going to use a 360 camera. I'm going to do everything I can to show what I believed occurred in that house. This is long past collected evidence. This is recreating a crime scene. Now on Friday, May 22nd, there was a property that the FBI was searching and also they were seen sifting through dirt as well. And they're still searching this property. Now a white tent was put up on the property as the officers dug through clues of Suzanne's whereabouts. And here is the location of where they're searching or the area. It's off of Vandeveer Road and Old Stage Road, also known as County Road 105. This is approximately a 22 minute drive from the Morphew house. And this is Barry's job site that he's been working on. And as most of you know, Barry owns a landscaping business and he's also a volunteer firefighter. The owner of that property told a reporter that he's known Barry for three weeks. And according to the report or article that I read, it said the riverfront property was undergoing improvement. Concrete was laid over the dirt. Now, notable is this property is right beside the Arkansas River, and I was curious, so I went on a little hunt for information about it. This is the sixth largest river in the United States, and it's 1,469 miles long. It goes through Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. There's also white water sections, and people go whitewater rafting in places like Salida, which Rafting and kayaking season is from April through September, so it's gonna get that mountain runoff and start to get a little rocky. So that's just a little something that I did find about it because I was curious 
how big that Arkansas River is. I would like to know still how deep it is in Salida. So if you could leave a comment below, that would be great. So back to the property that the FBI has been searching. The property owner has said that investigators have been using an X-ray type device to try to see through the concrete. And investigators say that the search was initiated because information developed during the Suzanne Morphew missing case. Now, investigators said Friday that the property owner is fully cooperating with law enforcement and is not connected with the disappearance of Suzanne Morphew. And Friday, there was a lot of chatter going on. And there was an update that Suzanne has not been found and there has been no arrests either. The other searches that have happened in the last couple weeks that uh, CBS Denver reported on was a reservoir was searched, an area around County Road 225 and Highway 50, and the Monarch Spur RV Park, which is located just east to the Morphew home. Reports also say that the police have Barry's car and his cell phone, and it leaves him to communicate through his friend. His friend did decline to comment to Daily Mail when he was asked uh, uh, to talk to Barry, and he said that Barry is too busy with stuff to talk. There's also been reports that Barry's been pacing around and staring out at windows, hoping for information about his wife, and that he's going out driving up the road and trying to remember any suspicious vehicles that he's seen. As to his whereabouts on that Mother's Day, relatives told CBS4 that Barry had been in Denver on the day that his wife disappeared, reportedly for some type of firefighting. But when his fire chief was asked, whose name is Robert Bertram, he said that it's the first that he's heard of it. He said, due to the coronavirus pandemic, our firefighters have not been attending any training sponsored by us. He also said that sometimes firefighters will pay for training courses on their own. The fire chief said that he had heard that Barry actually has been working on a landscaping job in Denver on May 10th. I wonder if they all got it mixed up and it was actually May 10th that he was working on this home that the FBI is searching. If you do know that answer officially, please let me know in the comments below. So it's curious that family members say Denver and that he was at a training. Then the fire chief is saying, no, no, he was actually in Denver, but he was doing landscaping, but they're searching at this landscaping spot. So a lot of interesting things here. Now, Barry's fire department colleagues have been ordered not to take part in the search with police, but locals say that Barry and his friends have been out looking for Suzanne. And the fire chief also said that he did not have direct contact with Barry since Suzanne disappeared, but has spoken to firefighters who have. And as I mentioned earlier in this video, Barry has been staying with a friend who is not a member of the fire department, according to the fire chief, although he said that Chafee County firefighters have seen Barry at the friend's home since the investigation began. Now, reporter Lauren Scharf has also mentioned in a live stream yesterday that Barry's mom is in Colorado helping out in the search. So now let's talk about his video that he released. It's been a week since Barry came out with this 25 second video and I kept it fairly neutral in my last video. However, I'm gonna share some of my thoughts that I have about this clip. 
I did mention in my last video that it's very different in the format than what we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing interviews with reporters and a back and forth. Like in the recent news with Gannon Stoke, Heidi Broussard, etc. Now, this one is more controlled, right? He gets to control what he says, whether it's for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, he's in control. He also has all the time in the world to record something. He chooses 25 seconds. And he waited a week to do it. Now, he wouldn't need to ramble on and do a 20-minute video, but I just wonder why only 25 seconds if he is in control. And I also mentioned in my last video how this almost looked like it would have been part of a movie, meaning that the type of video that it was. How does he know that she's been kidnapped? And how does he know that's going to take money to get her back? If he knew that she was kidnapped, then I could understand the money, but does he know that she was kidnapped? Who told him that? Or is that his guesstimation? What evidence does he have? And why aren't the authorities involved in this plea video? Interesting, right? Let's talk about his actions. He shakes his head no throughout this whole video. And a ton of people have commented on this. Even if you mute this clip and just watch it silently, he shakes his head no. What doesn't he want? Now, I would agree in mid-clip when he was saying, you know, no matter how much it's going to cost, I could see him shaking his head, but he did it throughout the whole thing. And I know a ton of people would agree, but the rest of the video, not so much. Also, he starts the video with, oh, Suzanne, and then immediately talks about the kidnappers who have her. I do find that a little bit strange. The wording of, oh, Suzanne, maybe, maybe not. But why not, oh, Suzanne, I love you so much. Now, to anybody who has her, it was just, oh, Suzanne, to the kidnappers. So he doesn't have to do it in 25 seconds, right? Just my observation and my opinion. But that's not the biggest thing that stuck out to me. Here's some of the things that did. He said, your girls need you. And the full line is, we love you, we miss you, your girls need you. So aren't they your daughters too? And don't you want her back? He says, we love you, we miss you, which is collective, a collective statement, right? We love you, we miss you. Then he says, your girls need you. Why not our girls need you? We love you, we miss you, your girls need you. And next, here's the pattern. And you guys know I find the patterns. Let's talk about his blinking. He single blinks when he talks about the kidnappers, but he double blinks when he talks about loving Suzanne and wanting her back. Let's start from the beginning and I'll show you. Let's start with the single blink. Oh, Suzanne, if anyone is out there that can hear this, that has you, please, we'll do whatever it takes to bring you back. So he says, oh, Suzanne, if anyone is out there and can hear this, that has you, he pauses, then he says, please, we'll do whatever it takes to bring you back. Single blinking. Now here's the double blink. We love you, we miss you, your girls need you. He double blinks when he says, we love you, we miss you, your girls need you. Now the single blink. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. No questions asked, however much they want. He says no questions asked, however much they want. Very solid, single blinking. Here's the double blink. I will do whatever it takes to get you back. Honey, I love you. I want you back so bad. He says, I will do whatever it takes to get you back. Honey, I love you. I want you back so bad. Now, I'm going to show you the full clip so you can watch it in full with the single and the double, and it'll really show you what's going on. Oh, Suzanne, if anyone is out there that can hear this, that has you, please we'll do whatever it takes to bring you back. We love you. We miss you. Your girls need you. No questions asked. However much they want, I will do whatever it takes to get you back. Honey, I love you. I want you back so bad. So now, in my opinion, the most important thing out of the whole 25-second clip to me is six words. I want you back so bad. And he says in that full sentence, honey, I love you. I want you back so bad. The double blinking. When he says it, you see the double blink, but you also see him go more quiet on those last six words. Honey, I love you. I want you back so bad. You might as well whisper it or... You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a throwaway line. Honey, I love you. I want you back so bad. Like, it's like, I'm sorry. You have to like cuff it out of his head. It, it just gets really quiet. That to me was, I was done. After I saw that last little line, I thought, oh dear. So I want you back so back. Mm, no, you don't. There's the lie. Uh-oh. Now back to, I will do whatever it takes to get you back. You'll do whatever it takes. Does that include saying it's just too soon? on the first week to do an interview? Too soon for what? And I hate to say this, but it seems now to me, you'll do whatever it takes to make sure the truth doesn't get out. It's starting to look like that, Barry. Because you make sure you offer a reward of 100,000, and yes, I do know it's at 200,000, but Barry put in 100,000. You make sure you do whatever it takes by controlling your own video and making it as short as possible. So that's 25 seconds long to get your wife of 30 plus years back. And after reviewing this and going a little deeper, 
to me, it looks like you're making sure that you're not making the mistake of what the others did when they were interviewed, where they couldn't control the situation, but here you can. I would think differently if the cops were actually and the authorities were actually on board with his video and they helped him make it, but I don't think that's the case. And I'm pretty sure that's not the case. And I do wonder who recorded that video for him and how many takes it actually took to get that one. And also, do whatever it takes by diverting the attention to find a kidnapper. He made sure right away, I'd like to know if he had any information from the authorities, I'm guessing no, but if he had any information that could be a kidnapping and that's why he made the video. If not, he seems to be diverting the attention to find the kidnapper, go look over here, create the diversion so that you're not looking over here. And he supposedly has an alibi, except there's going to be more to this than meets the eye because we don't know if Suzanne actually went missing on Mother's Day. It was reported missing and the sheriff actually corrected himself in his press conference, which I did mention in a previous video. So we don't know. And speaking of alibi, if he was away in Denver, how would he know what happened to Suzanne, right? How does he know it's a kidnapping? And money will make this all go away? How? So there has been chatter that he's lawyered up, so stay tuned for more of that as I go digging. And on the day that Suzanne was reported missing on Mother's Day, May 10th, there's a few things that have come to light. Back to the fire chief, Robert Bertram, he said that Suzanne and Barry were both respected members of the community and active in their church. He said Suzanne was known to go for a bike ride on Sunday mornings before church and said he did not believe she attended church on May 10th, though he could not be certain. And from my understanding, the church that she does go to, it was, uh, there was services being held online at 9 a.m. So, and there will not be any on-site services until further notice. Now that's also interesting to me that it's known that she went for a bike ride, so that would be the perfect time on Sunday morning, wouldn't it? Now it was also stated that their daughters, Mallory and Macy, were on a camping trip to Idaho. And a lot of people have been wondering why they haven't been making statements on their own. Who knows what the reason is? I mean, if they think it's a kidnapper, perhaps they're thinking they don't want to put their face all over the media. Or maybe their dad said, don't do any statements to the media. Who knows, right? We don't know at this point in time. Now, Macy's best friend's stepmother, try and follow along with that one, <laughs> said her name is summer she said the neighbors up there are spread pretty far apart but the only reason they found out she was missing is because the girls called the neighbor and said we never heard from mom can you go check on her summer also says nobody actually saw her on her bicycle sadly so this is an important statement because there has been so many confusing bits to this there has never been an official description of the bike not from the get-go. And that makes me wonder if the bike was even involved or if she even went for a bike ride or if she was even missing or if she went missing prior to Sunday. Now, according to Barry's nephew, Trevor Noel, 
He said they found the bike on Sunday evening, and he even urged people to call the sheriff and ask the condition of the bike. And the fire chief said, the initial report that I got when they told me on Monday is that she is missing and they found her bike in a ravine. That's all the information I have gotten. So uh, interesting, now it's about this ravine. But there hasn't been any official statements from authorities, not the description of the bike, not where it was found, nothing. And that's one of the things I brought up in my other videos is if authorities are looking for someone, wouldn't they put out the description of the bike so other bikers or people passing by can, uh, can say, oh yeah, I saw this yellow bike and it was a mountain bike and this girl was on it at 10 a.m., right? And there's no description of Suzanne other than her picture, no height, no weight, no hair color, no eye color, no nothing from the authorities. Very strange. Why is that? Also, authorities really haven't given any press releases on camera or interviews or a chance for re reporters to ask any questions. What I also find interesting is that Trevor Noel, who's Barry's nephew, as I mentioned, has gone awfully quiet all of a sudden. He has a Facebook page called Find Suzanne Morphew, and it hasn't been updated since Barry's video went up. Interesting to me. Also, from my understanding, he has since changed the beneficiary on the GoFundMe account to Barry's mother. And I do wonder where is Suzanne's side of the family in all of this? What are they saying? Uh, let me know in the comments below if you've heard of anything. Reporter Lauren Scharf said on her live stream, she said that she's been trying to get a hold of that side of the family, but they aren't saying anything. Now, there has been over 200 tips made so far, and there is a phone number that's a dedicated tip line that was made by the CBI, and the tip line number is 719-312-7530. So no matter how small of a tip it is that you think maybe that might be a big deal, maybe not, please call that line and let them know. It's better to give that tip because that might lead them to exactly where Suzanne is. So there has been so many head scratchers to this case, but the bottom line is where the heck is Suzanne Morphew? What day did she actually leave? Because authorities are asking for video from the 8th to the 12th of anybody in that neighborhood to hold on to this video footage from May 8th to the 12th. So no one actually knows what day she actually went missing. So I'd like to know what Barry's timeline was for the weekend. Was he in Denver on Sunday, May the 10th? Was he in Denver on Saturday? Was he home? When's the last time that Suzanne was publicly seen? And how long of a camping trip were those girls on? So when's the last time they talked to their mom? Let's have a chit chat below about this. Things are heating up for this firefighter. Subscribe if you haven't done so already, give it a like, and please share this out where you can. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.